0: Welcome to the Walking in Purpose podcast, where we teach you how to discover your God-ordained purpose for your life and relationships. And I'm your host, Charles Warnes. Now, let's get after it. Hello, wonderful people. How are you guys doing? hope you guys are doing great. Well, we're doing fine. Um, It's just warming up a bit here in, uh, in the city of Calgary. So we went for a drive today. It was a very, very beautiful drive and uh, you know just driving along seeing the beauty of this city and I'm like you know what God is good and I always want you to remember that no matter what may come your way always remember that God is good you see it is very easy to forget all that God has done for you and it's so easy to focus on the areas you don't feel grateful for. So it takes a conscious effort to be thankful, even when you don't feel like thanking God. And it takes maturity to say, thank you, Jesus. Even on days when it feels like there is nothing to be thankful about. So just uh, count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll be surprised what the Lord has done. That's a very old uh, saying, which is very, very true. So it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And I wonder, what are you thankful for? You know, for me, I'm thankful for my family, for my wife, thankful for my parents, thank you, for, thankful for my sisters, thank you for my, thankful for my in-laws, my job you know, our career, how it's going, There's so many things for health, you know, for the fact that we can even stand, sit, walk, talk. These these are miracles every day that, you know, many people take for granted and I wouldn't want you to take that for granted. Uh, just uh, let's just, uh, you know, throughout this week, you know, let's, let's keep an attitude of thanksgiving no matter what the devil uh, brings our way. Praise God. You know, I, I feel we ought to also pray for our world today. There's a global pandemic, and we all know. And uh, even as Christians, we would not sit idly by and uh, watch how the coronavirus continues to uh, devastate lives in different parts of the world. You know, it's all over in the news, and we see it every day. You know, there is something we can do as christians and you know the least you can do is pray you know pray to god to come to our rescue pray for wisdom uh, upon our scientists to at least find a cure for this disease because every day that passes by we lose a lot of people you know i was just watching the news yesterday and uh, in 24 hours just yesterday 24 hours we lost over 124 people and that's like losing over 5 persons per hour imagine losing imagine losing five persons per hour you know it's 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 very devastating especially especially for the families that are you know affected the most by this and you know the the last count was about over 72,000 infected so you can just imagine and i just want to remind praying christians everywhere to please lift up families uh, going through a lot even at this time and i know for sure that we will beat this disease in the mighty name of jesus oh yes amen now away from the world affairs i want to focus on a topic that will greatly encourage the body of christ I don't know where you are right now, but I know wherever you are listening from, this message is going to bless you. The focus of my discussion with you today is built around, um, you know, a sentence a certain prophet said to the people of Israel. You know, when their hearts were failing for the enemy, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about standing firm. So we're talking about standing firm. Now, what does it mean to stand firm? To stand firm is to refuse to change a decision. It is to refuse to change your position. It is to refuse to change your opinion or policy despite the pressure from other people, family, friends and the world in general. For some of you, does this sound familiar? How have, have you been in a situation where friends have tried to make you change your stand on a decision you, you felt so strongly about? Or did you give in at the slightest pressure from the world? To you know, to make it a bit clear, I would like to go you know through history. You know, I love history. I'm a sucker for history. I can sit down and watch History Channel, you know, for hours on end, and I will never get tired. So, I'm going to borrow something from history here. And it was during the World War, the Second World War. You know, when Hitler was on a quest to conquer Europe. I mean, European countries were falling like cards at his feet, and Hitler was on a serious quest to domin- to dominating the entire Europe. All of the countries in Europe had been dominated by Hitler's forces, except London. The United Kingdom was next to fall, but for one man. The Prime Minister of the UK at that time was under undue pressure from the rest of the world, even from his own cabinet ministers, to accept Hitler's terms and give in to the pressure. The United Kingdom at that time can be said to be standing firm against the pressure from the rest of Europe. And we all know how that story ended. Prime Minister Churchill was able to uh, stand firm in his resolve to call Hitler's bluff and he won the war for the allied nations. In the same manner, there are forces of pressure coming at you in different directions, trying to shake your resolve to live for Jesus in our world today. Everywhere you turn, you can feel the pressure wanting to uh, you know, make you conform to the standards of this world. You feel the pressure to give in. You feel the pressure you know, to lose this battle you know, you are feeling tired. You are feeling like, you know, you just can't hold on anymore. And, you know, it seems an, up, an uphill task to stand your ground for righteousness, especially in our world today, especially when everybody is doing the direct opposite of righteousness. You may even feel you are alone in this fight, in this fight to stand firm for your faith in Jesus. But that feeling is only a lie from the enemy to make you feel alone and feel weak when in fact you are made strong in your weaknesses. That feeling of despair is only there to shake your resolve. You see, if there is no testing, there can be no glory. So if you say you are standing firm on your faith in Jesus Christ, of course, the only way to really test that is to put you through some things in life to see if you will still stand for God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 16, verse 8, this was David. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. David puts it right when he said he will not be shaken or he will not be put under pressure to crack or to abandon God. My people, I have seen Christians shaking when the enemies speak. When they ought to talk back to the devil. I have seen children of God abandon their faith due to some small pressure in their health, finances, family, and marriage. I have seen a pastor tell me to my face that he is going to abandon his faith because God did not help him close a deal. But God has called us to stand firm in these trying times. From where we read earlier, David always Set the Lord always before him. And that is why he was confident to say, He will not be shaken. Will you be shaken? When the enemy comes with his trials and tests, will you still be standing firm? Now this brings me to the word priority. Now let us read Psalm 16 verse 8 again. And it says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. What have you set before your eyes? What have you set before your eyes to ensure that you will not be shaken or moved in your faith? In other words, what have you placed before your eyes to ensure you do not bend under pressure and that you do not abandon your faith? These are questions you will need to talk to God about in your you know in your in your closet, wherever you pray to God. These are serious questions for me. Because Whatever you have prioritized above God in your life will determine if you will stand the test of your faith or not. Your priorities in life will determine if you will remain firm in Jesus or if you will fall away with the world and also fall under the pressures of this world. Paul said, we are pressed on every side. What Paul meant was, in this world that we live in, we are pressed, we are pressurized on every side, everything calling to our attention, all in a bid to distract us away from the call of God and then get lost in the world. That is not your portion. So that priorities actually matter. I see David prioritizing God first. That was why Psalm chapter 16, verse 8 says, I have always, always, always set the Lord always before me. That is priority. What have you set before your eyes? Are there things taking the place of God in your life, in your marriage? in your finances, in your ministry. And like I said, whatever you have prioritized above God in your life will determine if you will stand the test of your faith or not. Your priorities in life will determine if you will remain firm in Jesus or if you will fall away with the world and fall under the pressures of this world, trying to discourage your faith and make a mess of your faith. And remember, Jesus taught us to prioritize when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And every other thing you are running around for will be added unto you. Now that is the key to prioritizing. To seek first. If you want to stand firm in your faith in 2020, you have to seek first the kingdom of God. And not just that, because people just tend to stop there. But it doesn't stop there. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And then all of these things will be added onto you. Now that is priority. Now when you always place Jesus before you, You cannot be shaking in your faith in God. You will live on to proclaim Jesus despite the opposition. Now, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, the writer of that scripture understood the powerful effect of looking unto Jesus had in a world full of confusion, pressure and loss of spiritual stamina. Looking unto Jesus, fixing our gaze on Jesus ensures that you are looking away from the distractions this world has to offer and just focusing our gaze on him. And you see, focusing our gaze on Jesus will surely give us the strength we need to overcome the temptations and pressures of this world and also the enemy himself. When our eyes are constantly fixed on Jesus, we do the impossible. We live in the supernatural realm and we become like God. Now, I'm not exaggerating here. I'm going to give you a real life story of something that happened in the Bible. Now, we see this fact to be true in the life of a man who took off his eyes from Jesus. And let us see what happened to him. Matthew chapter 14 verse 26 says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, If it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, (laughs) walked on water. Let me repeat that now. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? (laughs) I love that scripture. Now let us break it down. Now, it was no coincidence when I said, That if you put Jesus ahead in your priorities, you will walk on water. By that, I mean you will do the impossible. Look at that simple story. Now, as long as Peter's gaze was on Jesus, Peter was living in the realm of the supernatural. Like, do you know what it means to walk on water? Like... (laughs) where is that done? I'm pretty sure Peter was the first in his generation to even walk on water. Not everybody can say they walked on water. I'm trying to imagine it now, how, how scary that, may, that must have been to see a man walking on water. It is, it is mind-blowing if you ask me. So now, as long as Peter's gaze was on Jesus, Peter was living in the realm of the supernatural. What do I mean by that? For you to walk on water is for you to walk in the realm of the supernatural. It is not natural for a man to walk on water. It takes the supernatural to be able to bend such natural laws and walk on water. So now, point number one. As long as Peter's gaze was on the master, he was living in the supernatural. Are there people who want to live in the miraculous every day? Oh yeah, I hear you. But then the key to that is to keep your eyes focused on the master. Now, remember, as long as Peter's gaze was on Jesus, he was living the life. As long as his eyes were fixed on Jesus, every minute became a victorious moment over sin. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, this man, Peter, defiled the natural laws of gravity. These and more can happen to you when you simply Fix your gaze on Jesus alone. Notice what happens when he took his eyes off the master. As soon as Peter took his eyes off and began to look at distractions this world had to offer, he began to lose his balance. He began to be more aware of the natural state of things. And also began to listen to the noise and distractions around him vis-a-vis the wind. The moment his gaze became focused on the winds of life, everything fell apart. Are things falling apart in your personal work with God? Are things falling apart in your marriage, finances, relationships? Now, it could be that you too may have taken away your gaze from the master. That night, the supernatural platform Peter was standing on gave way and he fell into the water and began to sink. Please note, our faith is not what you see with the naked eye. It is a platform for which we all stand on. And as believers in Jesus... I pray for you that your platform of faith will not give way in Jesus' name. Notice how gazing on the wind of this world caused Peter to lose his balance. If care is not taken, the wind of doubt can cause the growing Christian to lose his balance and fall, just like Peter. When you take your eyes off Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith, you leave yourself exposed to the enemy attacks. And the enemy comes in your mind like a seed of doubt and fear, causing you to completely lose faith in God. It happened to Peter. You know, one minute he was walking on, you know, just walking on water. One minute he was living the life living in the realm of the supernatural, bending the very laws of nature and defying gravity. And then the very next minute, the distraction in form of the wind came up. And Bible says it got distracted and it began to sink. This is how many people have lost their faith. It usually begins with a small distraction. You know, a small distraction to take away your gaze from the master. And then you focus on that distraction, in this case, the wind. And as you focus on the wind and doubt begins to fill your heart, you become too heavy and your platform that has been holding you up, your faith gives way and then you fall into sin. The exact same scenario played out in Peter's story. But this message is coming to you today because I know you need Jesus. I know from the bottom of my heart, I know with 101% certainty that we all need Jesus. God wants you to reorder your life. And reprioritize the things that are most important to you. We all need this message. We all need to refocus our gaze on Jesus again. Because he wants us to live every day in victory. Define the very laws of nature. Just like Peter experienced momentarily. But then, please note very, very important, that what Peter enjoyed for a moment, God wants you to enjoy that experience for many, many years to come. Unlike Peter, who probably just enjoyed that moment for, let's just say, maybe five to ten minutes, it is God's desire that you live in the supernatural every day of your life. The realm of the supernatural is not like a door that opens and closes. No, the realm of the supernatural is a platform that you stand on to live victoriously, just like Peter did, but only momentarily. I believe with the whole of my heart that God is calling us to begin to live in the realm of the supernatural, where we will tell cancer to die and it dies. Where we will cast out demons and they will never come back. Where we will decree a thing and it will come to pass. These are the things that can happen in the realm of the supernatural. Where you lay your hands on the sick and the Bible says they shall be healed. There was no specific sickness or name written down. The anointing breaks the yoke and it breaks it completely. So now, it is My hope and expectation that you too can walk on water. You too. Yes, you. I'm not talking to the person by your side or at your front. No. Not the person on the passenger seat. You. 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 You who may be driving, you who may be sitting in the passenger seat or somewhere at the back, you. This is an individualized message just for you. God wants you to know that you too, yes, you can live in the realm of the supernatural if you stand firm in your faith. You too can live in victory over sin. You can live in victory over sickness, over disease, over the pestilence that walketh by noonday. Yes. And of course, you too can live over the natural laws of man. Let us pray. Father, I come to you today asking you to help me. I have listened to your word and now I realize I need you now more than ever before. Forgive me, Lord, for taking my eyes off you just like Peter did. Forgive me for looking the other way and for being distracted by the winds of this world. Forgive my doubtful heart as I pray for strength, Lord. Today, I refocus my gaze on you, Lord Jesus. And from today, I will begin to take steps to focusing on you alone. Holy Spirit, please come and take control. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Now, I cannot wait to have my wife bring you another dynamic, beautiful, excellent word. know to you next week so please make sure to tune in and listen and i'm sure you'll be blessed god bless you and i'm sure this message has blessed you as much as it has blessed me please like subscribe share, and leave a comment to let me know how you've been blessed by this message. Or if you'd like to email us, you can do so by writing us at info at workinginpurpose.ca. Also, don't forget to follow our Instagram page, which is at Podcast, and also share with as many as the Holy Spirit leads you to share with. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.